Hello and welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I'm your host Peter and I'm joined today again by our other host Ian. Ian, how you doing buddy? You alright? I'm good mate, yourself? Yeah, good. It's been a uh, fun time being a Star Wars fan, shall we say. Lots of Mandalorian to talk about, lots of TV spots to talk about. Yeah. Um, Bloody too many. <laughs> yeah, we're almost getting overwhelmed by yeah. Yeah, yeah. TV spots. Definitely, yeah. Um, but today we're going to focus on the Mandalorian. We are going to focus on chapter three, chapter four, and chapter five. Uh, for the last three episodes that we've not talked about yet here on the show. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, let's just dive straight in. Um, I mean, chapter three, uh, The Sin, directed by Deborah Trow, written by John Favreau. Um, I mean, I just want to say every episode so far I've loved, and each episode's had a very different vibe and feel, which is cool, while also telling the sort of adventure or adventures of this gunslinger um so i'm I'm really digging the sort of serialized vibe of it while it also tells like a singular story as well yeah definitely yeah um and then this episode obviously just give you a quick rundown obviously like the mandalorian now delivers the child to the client on navarro uh we know our plans called navarro now as well um and he collects his bounty of 20 bars of beskar steel um, which did he notice what the best car steel was kept in? Yeah, it was the uh, was it the ice cream maker from uh, Empire Strikes Back that Will Hood had. I like that. That was good. It is. So um, now we know why he yeah. was running running away from Cloud City holding the ice cream maker. He had some uh, best car on him. Well, not necessarily best car. No, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think those yeah. units are like safes. Yeah. So you keep you keep your money or keep whatever you want. Yeah. What's important. So he wasn't trying to save all his ice cream. No. He was. Uh, he was probably saving all his money and all his savings. But that was really cool. I love that. Um, yeah, it was a good. Was a really, uh, it was a good uh, little. Easter uh, really egg. Cool, but it really fits cool the story, story as well. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Like I mean, yeah. this Imperial's got his best car steel. That looks illegal because it's all yeah. being branded. It reminds of like. I think the branded steel reminds like the Nazi gold. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, where, you know where they stole all the gold from everywhere they took over and then like remelted it and had like the Nazi logo put into it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's very much like that. Um. Again, like ease all the bad guys. Don't be fooled. Um. That's what they're doing there with the imagery. Um. So yeah, he, he collects his bounty of twenty bars of Bascar steel. Um. And he's on the way out, and he asks about the client's plans for the child. Um, which like, client doesn't take it very well, does he? He says, "Oh, it's, uh, it's how unca- it's, uncharacteristic of you." It's uncharacteristic of like bounty hunters, and it's like none of his concern. Um, and then the Mandalorian needs for conflict arises, but it's like, obviously, the Mandalorian you would think would is seasoned bounty hunter wouldn't care, but as we've seen, he does care about this child. Oh, he's definitely got a heart, like you know, as you can yeah, tell. Yeah. Definitely. So he's definitely connected to this child now. Um, and he asks, and obviously he gets shut down. Um, and he leaves before. Uh, con- I do get the sense of conflict would arise if he hadn't left. Like the Imperials are very like uptight when he asks about it. Oh yeah, definitely. And plus the uh, the child saved his life. And for a Mandalorian, that's got to be yeah. Massive, well, again, it, so. you think about Star Wars and like life deaths. Yeah. And how important a role they play, like in our in our storytelling. Obviously, Han and Chewbacca's friendship is based off of one. Um, do you know what I mean? It's against it's sort of. Star Wars is poor eats, taking things in. It's not copying, but again, it's, it's taking that. I'm, I'm not saying it is a life death, and, it, and they're not branding it as that, but it's that sort of idea that, like, I've got a bond to this guy because this guy really helped me. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so he returns to the Air Mandalorian. Is it a coven? What are we calling it? Are we calling it a coven? Are we calling sure, it encampment? I'm sure he or... said the, uh, you'll have to move the, the coven. Yeah. But cool. uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, they call it a tribe, a coven. A uh, tribe. Yeah. Because she says, she says uh, when he gives her the first lot of man, uh, best guy in the first episode, I think he's like, uh, she's like, oh, it's good to be back with the tribe. So, yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's, it's weird, uh, Mandalorian. Obviously, culture because there's different types here. There's different types there. I mean, just just to quickly talk about it, I, I don't think that's like that's not traditional Mandalorian culture. Like, I, I think we're going to find out on the line that like Mandalore, the Empire, have done some bad things on Mandalore. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. So, so these guys have left Mandalore. They're on the run. There's not many Mandalorian people left, yeah. and this is the way they live now in order to survive in the rebuild. Um, and it's well, like it, it's very like I don't know. It's very um. Almost, that's the way I'm looking for. Um, uh, cultish, yeah. Because uh, um, the head of uh, the other Mandalorian, who <coughs> excuse me, who gets in a fight with the uh, Mandalorian, uh, he says, "Oh, we have to come up to the surface one at a time." Obviously, yeah. so they're trying to hide the numbers. So I don't know whether I don't know whether their uh, Mandalorians are actually still hunted or. You think with the Empire gone, it'd be done. Like they could go back. But obviously, we don't know what's happened to uh, Mandalore, and it doesn't sound. It sounds very bad what the Empire have done to Mandalore. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think like I don't think they would trust. Like, if you think the Empire came out of the Republic, so like they, they probably don't trust governments now. Like, no, you wouldn't. Like, like do you know what I mean like? So I think I think it's a lot to do with that. Um, but I hope we find out. I think we will. Um, down the line, we'll find out. Um, oh, we've got to find out what uh, this because they keep talking about the purge and all that. At first, the first episode, I thought they just meant oh, the Jedi purge, but it's, yeah. uh, it's not though. It's, it's a different, it's a different event. Yeah, it's a purge yeah. of uh, Mandalore, which is I mean, like after because we obviously see him at Rebels, Bo-Katan's got the dark saber and that, and then after that, that must be when this purge happens. Yeah, I think so. Because the um, uh, the Empire wouldn't want Mandalorians joining the Rebel Alliance. That'd be a massive problem for us. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So the Mandalorian's arm was damaged in the last episode when he fought the big beast. Um, so the armorer um, basically forges him a new full piece of chest armor. Yeah, it looks good. Star. It looks good. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. It makes me think I've got these figures in the Mandalorian, and now that I would date. Yeah, because <laughs> he's got a he's got a new chest piece on there. Got to have the best guy now. Yeah, so they'll probably be releasing him soon. I imagine. Get this Mandalorian number two, uh, which I'll probably still buy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he gets his new armor. Um, again, he tells him to keep the remainder of his pork goes to the foundlings, um, which I think must be orphans to pick up. Yeah, in think, their yeah, definitely. Yeah, because uh, he says he was a foundling, and obviously we've seen a tiny bit of how he's come to the Mandalorians. Because obviously they keep getting these flashbacks that keep getting more detailed as time goes by. So I'm guessing. Yeah, I think obviously they found him after an event in the Clone Wars where his family's been killed by droids. Um, and obviously the Mandalorians must find him and they raise him. Yeah. Because um, we got that it's... last flashback, didn't we, where, where she's forging the armor, the chest opens, and, and it's yeah. a super battle droid that's about to obviously kill him. So I'm guessing yeah. a Mandalorian comes and yeah. saves him after that. 
No, definitely. Because originally I thought, oh, because originally I thought I might be a Jedi because we haven't we haven't seen any clones in that flashback. So maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's the separatists attacking the Mandalorians. What? I'm not sure if he's a Mandalorian, but like I think maybe that world he's on, where world that is, like the the, the separatists are, are fighting for control of it, and I, maybe they're not fighting the Republic. Maybe they want control of the planet, so they're fighting the planet's inhabitants, taking control. Um, obviously, the Republic probably wouldn't arrive till after once they got called in. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, maybe there's, maybe there's Mandalorians on the planet who find them. Um, yeah, first. Maybe um, it's a. I've got. I've, I hope it'd be like someone we know. Maybe it's like Pre Vizsla or something. But then I don't know if that lines up because. I mean, Pre Vizsla is like a nasty guy, isn't he? I think he's he's not he's yeah. not a, he's, he's not a good guy. So I don't know if he would raise. And he's very much like a like Pre Vizsla wouldn't raise someone else as a Mandalorian. I don't think he's very much like. No, he yeah, he's very much. Yeah, he's definitely a, a almost like sort of. Harry Potter, like the Death Eaters, like we're pure yeah, blood wizards, yeah. don't like the yeah. mud bloods, um, sort of that type of feel from him. Uh, but there's loads of characters it could be. Um, so I think I think we'll find that out as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so he gets his new armor. He gives something to the foundlings again. They hint at this. They made a point of mentioning these foundlings a few times now, and it is I think it is a point of every week they give them a little bit more information about like about this tribe, about this coven, and about how it operates now, and about how the Mandalorians are. are while living because of what's happened in the past and it, that episode by episode we're getting a bigger picture painted each time we get a little, little bit more painted in yeah we definitely are like so he ends up um, gets his new armour and obviously needs a new job we know he doesn't like much downtime just likes to keep working 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 and um, he's obviously yeah. got the child in his brain I think so he wants something to take his mind off of it so I love Carl Webbers I love Carl Webbers in this scene yeah so <laughs> So he goes Malheur was back to the cantina and he took a grief carga, played by Carl Weathers, um to get a job. And uh Grief Carga is very much giving it the Billy Diggins, isn't he? Um saying you're my favourite client, uh, my favourite hunter. Uh, I love him, yeah. He's like, Mando, you're a legend and all that. <laughs> and he's, and like, he's, saying, he's saying it to uh wind up the rest of the bounty hunters as well, because he? he keeps looking around his Well he's saying it loud enough throughout the whole bar in here. I think everyone right. in that bar is a bounty hunter, to be honest. Yeah, and then he's like looking at everyone in the bars. He's talking. I was going to say like, yeah, like if he was more like him, we'd all be more richer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which obviously would upset them quite a bit because bounty hunters are very egotistical. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so he ends up going to see him. Um, he's telling him that he needs to take some time off. Um, he recommends a brothel. He does. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, he didn't say call it that, but it sounded that's what it sounded like. Yeah, I think I got the impression it was like a sort of. I don't know, sort of twilly type of brothel place. Yeah. Not really what what the Mandalorian will be. As you know, he's, he does have a heart and he does have morals, so it's yeah. probably somewhere he definitely doesn't want to go. Um, but he ends up uh, saying, I just want a job, give me a job, and he gets a job. Yeah, to track uh, down a Mon Calamari, isn't it? A Mon Calamari, yeah. Um, so, Which is cool to see a Mon Calamari in that holograph form. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, again, it just... It's something that we know, so it means as soon as we see it, it's something we can identify straight away yeah. as an audience, and um, it just makes everything so much more enjoyable and just come together nicely. Um, again, it's that idea of like Star Wars poetry, we're just putting those things in there um, yeah. that, that are familiar. Um, it's not the same, but it's familiar, and that's basically that's what's so good about Star Wars that everything, everything has that feel of familiarity. 
that's why we have such a bond to it because we feel we know and we feel we're part of it and because it's shown me things that like oh yeah I know what that is I don't know when that was <coughs> excuse me but, but it's a feel that's why it, like Star Wars fans are so um, sort of so involved and so passionate I think it's because it's very accessible and it's very it's very warm and fuzzy feeling that it, like these things that they just do or things that are like, oh yeah, I know what that is. I'm, I know what that is. I'm part of that. Um, and it's it's a simple thing to do, really. Um, but it it goes to show, like, I mean, they could have created a new creature for that and put a new creature in, but yeah. But no, they've done that simply, and it's again subtle nod, and again it, it just brings the audience closer closer to the product, further into the product, it delves us into it. Um, which is like one of the reasons why I love Star Wars. I think not so much I chose to, but more all these things to do. It, it, again, it's it's hard not to get involved because because they're doing things like that where it's it's all about f- familiarity and that's one of the things yeah. that I love. Um, there's plenty of it. There's plenty of it in the show, and that's why I think that's why everyone's enjoying it because it's, it's. I hate when people say this, but it, does, it is right. It feels like Star Wars, like hundred percent. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's also very different. Like it's got a very different sound. It's got a very different look. Um, oh yeah. It's but, not just a rehash. But that sound, but, yeah. yeah. But that sound, that look, is still Star Wars because you can do it in different ways. So, like, so yeah, like I, I do absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. Um, so you get his puck. Uh, that's what they call them now, bounty pucks, yeah. which I found interesting. Same with like an ice hockey nod. Well, Dave Filoni's a massive uh, ice hockey fan. He? Yeah, he loves the, uh, yeah. the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh team, Steelers, Steelers. I think, yeah. Well, it's Pittsburgh so, Steelers for the yeah. football, and it'll be the Penguins for the oh, like, Penguins. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, so that's quite cool. Um, goes to be shipped to the port, where you leave, and fires turns the ship up, fires it all up, and then something on his mind you can tell just by the way Pedro Pascal's moving his head, which is great acting. Um, and he powers the ship back down, and well, instead... he sees the he sees the little uh, ball that the uh, baby Yoda was playing with. Yeah, off the, off, the, off, the, yeah. off the control stick, yeah. Yeah, so obviously uh, makes his mind up that he's going to go back and find the child. Yeah, so after that, he then decides that he's going to go back and infiltrate the client's base. Um, he kills many Imperial soldiers and he rescues a child from Dr. Pershing's laboratory where it was being sort of tested on at the time. But he doesn't kill the doctor. Um, and then on the way back to his ship, the Mandalorian is ambushed by other bounty hunters and Grief Karga who demand that they hand over the child. Uh, he refuses, and a firefight breaks out. Um, so I just talked about all that there. Um, yeah. first, of all, he, first of all, he breaks into the client's base, uh, which I thought was really cool, how he pulled the sort of, got the identification droid, the sort of door droid, and sort of broke him. Yeah, um, definitely. And then he, but he uh, blew a hole in, and obviously went yeah. to work, and he made short work of the uh, stormtroopers. <laughs> I mean, for me, I don't mention it like in our last episode we talked about chapters one and two, but the way he's sort of stalking around in the dark and going about his business, this had a very sort of like a thriller type of like a, a thriller movie kind of feel. Like he's sort of like stalking these troopers in the dark, they're coming after him, they can't see. And like, it's almost like, I don't know, it's not like Alien, but like has Alien vibes. Or like, I don't know where the Alien is, but we're going to go in there and like shoot it so we're not going to in the dark. And then he comes right. out of nowhere and like kills him. And it was quite, um, I enjoyed it, it was great. But it had that sort of horror, that thriller type of vibe. Well, um, some of the ways, some of the ways he uh, killed some of the stormtroopers was quite uh, intense. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so it was really, 
And I suppose if you're going to break into Imperial base, like you need to be intense, otherwise you're going oh, to you get need killed. To be ruthless. Yeah, they'll bloody swarm you. Yeah, and exactly. Just what you've got. Yeah, ruthless. He's very ruthless yeah. in there. Um, oh, that's a yeah. great word um, to describe it. Yeah. So, so he goes in there. He's very ruthless. He's very um, sort of one-dimensional thinking. Like I'm going to go in there. I'm going to kill all these, and then I'm going to get out with the trial. Um, so yeah, I've got really good thriller vibes of them stalking them and hiding around this sort of dark dark because um, he cuts the power doesn't he so there's no the lights are off in the, yeah. in the place um, so I, I really enjoyed it gets in the laboratory gets the child back um, doesn't kill Dr. Pershing Dr. Pershing says he was trying to keep the child alive do you believe him? Um, I tend to do I tend to I tend to believe him but I think he was sure. trying to keep the child alive but, I don't but think not through nice means yeah not for I nice reasons more like we can do more tests on him yeah. and stuff be interesting to see who these guys are working for, like who's actually. I don't think, I don't think that Werner Herzog's pulling the strings here. I think he's like the leader of, the, of this base, but I think someone from outside is like telling him that we need to get this child here. I don't know so, whether it's going to be uh, that Moff Gideon by Carla Desposito, but uh, yeah, they're definitely working because I remember when uh, the Mandalorian's outside, he uh, overhears a conversation between them and they blank out who they say they're working for. He's like, oh. They go to say the person's name, and then it cuts out, and then it goes back. Yeah. So it's obviously so, he's obviously working for someone higher up. No, definitely, yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Um, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks I'm not like it's a very small part, like two percent part, but like with the, the fact with, with what the child is, like could this be part of like the emperor's contingency plan? Maybe, yeah. Because uh, if the emperor found out there was a Another one of your other species out in the galaxy. I'm pretty sure he'd want to know something about yeah. it because we know that uh, we know that during the time of the Empire that the Inquisitors are hunting down lists of Jedi children. We've seen it in both Rebels and then obviously in the new game Jedi Fallen Order. I don't give too many spoilers away, but it, it does deal with sort of lists of Jedi children. Yeah, because in I the uh, say that, so in the Darth Vader comic, they have a thing called Project Harvest. Yes, which is uh-huh. where they uh, where so they that's... go around taking false sensitive children. So that's 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 in three areas, three different areas of canon now. Yeah. So that's the canon in Rebel. Sorry, that's the comic book Rebels and um, the game where we've sort of dealt with them. So the, these lists exist. This information exists on children. The child is a child um, and would have been born when those lists were being made by the Empire. Yeah, um, I think someone. So maybe said, they, maybe they just hadn't got there yet. The, I think someone said he was born in. Uh, someone's done the math and said he was born in forty-one BBY, which puts it before the Phantom Menace. He's the same age as Anakin. Yeah. They've, they've worked out he's the same age as Anakin Skywalker. Is he? I thought it was yeah. before the Phantom Menace he was born. Well, yeah, that's right. Anakin's like 10, isn't he? 8, 10 in the Oh, of course, yeah. Of course he is, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's pretty... Didn't know he's been so, yeah. that through then. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's, 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 he's just... I, I don't know if that's true, but I've seen a lot of people talking about it and like, he's the same age as Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> so that's a fun little nod. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so obviously... Gets the child back, doesn't kill Dr. Pershing. Will that come back to haunt him? Um, who knows? I noticed when I think there's like no way in sight when this is going down. Yeah, he's definitely, <laughs> uh, which leads probably... me to believe he'll be back. <laughs> oh, he's definitely back, I think. Yeah. I think he's probably like, I mean, he's probably either run away because he doesn't want to die, or maybe he wasn't there late at night. He might, he might have been maybe, he doesn't seem like a good guy, so maybe he's like at the cantina drinking, maybe he's gone to the, uh, the brothel. Yeah, some of that. To have some fun. Uh, yeah. Um, 
He seems quite smart though, because obviously when he's when the Mandalorian says, "Oh, what are you going to do with the child?" He probably tweaks something here, saying, "Hang on, we might have a problem here later." Yeah, I'm going to be out of town. Might go out of dodge with this. Yeah. Um, so yes, after that, he manages to get out of there with the child, and he starts walking towards his ship. Um, at which point we realise that bounty hunters have all got their tracking chips. Are, tracking chips are going off again, beeping again. I love that scene where like one goes and another goes, and then all the fobs start going. Yeah, and now that way, sort of thing, you know that shit's about to go down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he ends up um, the bounty hunters then alerted to the presence that the child's now back on the market. Um, head out after him. Um, they stop him in the street. I know it's the one just shooting down. Grief Carga gives him a choice. Uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you go to your ship if you give us the child. Bounty hunters like. Let us go now, and like no, no one will get hurt. Um, ends up being a firefight, a huge one. Mando does well, holds his own against everybody pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then just as you think he's about to lose, the Mandalorians turn up to help. They do, yeah. And it was that was one. That's probably my favorite scene from the series so far. Cause I, I didn't think we'd see anything like that. Yeah, the way the jetpack over. It was, yeah. it was brilliant, wasn't it? It, was it looked like something out of uh, Star Wars Rebels, but... Yeah, no, it did, it did. Yeah. Um, All the Clone Wars. <laughs> it did indeed, so we showed of animation, um, which I think is very fitting. Um, and I think it was awesome they came and they helped them. Obviously, they're all great warriors, they've all got great armour. Each one has, sort of... Each one has... I've noticed each one has, like, a different sort of weapon, a different type of armour, almost as if, like, they're all different parts of this unit. So, like, together they're, like, unbeatable. I got that feeling. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I like the uh, the one that, obviously, the Mandalorian has a scuffle with earlier in the episode. Uh, I like Yes, him. so it's the Mandalorian who, obviously, he has differences with. Um, yeah. He's a heavy set. Well, like I said, he's a Vizsla. He's a John Favreau as well. <laughs> so, John Favreau voices him. Yeah. It's a descendant of House Vizsla. Um, yeah. Yeah, Paz, the... Paz Vizsla. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. And then they call him, on the figure, he's the heavy inventory because he's got that He's obviously a big set bloke and he's got that big, giant gun, gun type weapon, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, um, so he comes in um, and uh, they sort of clean house. And then um, the man turns to him and says, like, you're going to have to relocate the, the coven now. And then this is the way. <laughs> well, I mean, so these guys have had arguments and they disagree, but the fact yeah. of the matter is, it doesn't matter what they disagree with in the past. Like they've come to help him because he's their brother. He's their, yeah. he's part of their tribe. Um, and then Mando brings up, oh, like, you've done this now and now you have to relocate the coven. And then he just simply goes, doesn't say, oh, you idiot, you've made me come and save you. Doesn't have a go to me, just says, this is the way. Like, one of our yeah. own was in danger. We came and saved him and now we do have to relocate. But guess what? Like, this is the way. Like, this is the you. way. And like, that's not going to change whether I like you or whether I don't. Like, I love you yeah. and like, I'm going to help you and we've helped you. Now, consequence that was going to move, but fact of the matter is we couldn't we weren't going to leave you when that would that would be the biggest sin than, no, definitely, than yeah. having to relocate um, switch up. that was really cool I really enjoyed that was very sort of heartwarming um, these Mandos have a hard external exterior and like they seem very stern and like and as, as we saw before they had an argument about stuff but then in this moment yeah you see them being like very sort of um, family orientated and very sort of maternal <coughs> excuse me yeah definitely so, yeah, so, yeah, they're definitely uh, one big family, and then, like I said, families don't always get on. But in the day, you day your family, so they're going to help him when he's uh, in his hour of need. To be honest, 
definitely, definitely. So, so he then um, managed to reach his ship with the child, and that's sort of the end of that episode. Um, well, Carl Weathers tries to get the drop on him, but obviously, yeah, yeah, he gets a shot, but then the best guy saves him, which is ironic, really. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's teasing for his return down the line, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back and help the Mandalorian, um, but that's to be seen, I suppose. I hope so. I like Carl Weathers. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but I, don't, I wouldn't put too much money on it because he seems the stereotypical bounty hunter guild. Well, he runs the guild, obviously, now the bounty hunter has sort of betrayed the guild, so, like, yeah, it does put him in a bad situation. Like, it does put them sort of as adversaries now rather than friends. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was The Sin, Chapter 3. Um, have you got any overall thoughts about the episode that you want to talk about before we move on? It's probably my favourite episode so far. It was just for the, the end fight scene, it was insane. I loved it, like seeing all those Mandalorians work together. Yeah, I mean, you've got a show called The Mandalorian, so you're hoping to see like some serious yeah. Mandalorian action. And then in this episode, we got it at the end there. They all turned up to help them. To be fair, I, didn't, I, th- I thought we might see something like this eventually, but I didn't think we'd see it this early. I thought yeah. it'd just be a one Mandalorian. So it shot me like, I'm, I'm, obviously, he was living with a bunch of other Mandalorians. Yeah, no, oh, definitely. Um, definitely a great sequence and um, great to get the action peppered throughout all at the end. It makes me really excited as well because Deborah Chow directed this episode and she's obviously directing uh, the full Kenobi series. So she did she did a great job as well. Yeah, yeah she's also back for episode seven of this series, so the penultimate episode, is, yeah. um, which gets released the, the day of release of Rise of Skywalker um, in the yeah. UK. Um, She's directing that episode of yeah. of Mandalorian as well, so maybe we'll see these Mandalorians again in that episode if that's if that's the thing she's dealing with, uh, story wise. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on, we're going to chapter four, Sanctuary. It's called Sanctuary, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, written by John Favreau. Um, so obviously, we know that he's sort of left uh, Navarro. Is that what's called Navarro? Navarro, yeah, the Navarro, planet, Gale yeah. planet, yeah. I always worry when, they, when we get new names because they're not like embedded in my brain yet. So I worry yeah. about saying them wrong. Um, yeah. Obviously, like the older names from like Tatooine, I can say that all day long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, Malastair, I can say that all day long. But like the new ones, they've got to let them embed in a bit. Um, so yeah, so it leaves Navarro. Um, sort of, he's looking for somewhere to hide with the child. Um, so you see him check this sparsely populated planet. It's Sorgan. Sorgan, yeah. Sorgan, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he sort of picks this planet because it's lack of technology, lack of large cities, lack of... Great um, place to hide if you're yeah, trying to lack, avoid. <laughs> lack, lack of modern infrastructure. It seems to be quite like a farming planet. Um, yeah. That type of feel. Um, so he, he lands there. Um, while he's here, he encounters... Ex-rebel shock trooper turned mercenary Cara Dune. Um, I would say they're very suspicious of each other. Yeah, so I think she thinks he's there for her, and obviously he thinks she's there for him. So yeah. there's obviously a natural distrust. So they have a great. So I mean, let's just say that like, he lands on the planet, he finds a bar, um, he's sitting with a bar with him and Baby Yoda. Get Baby Yoda some soup. Got <laughs> to feed the baby. Um, <laughs> He doesn't have anything, obviously, because that would involve taking his helmet off, um, which he doesn't do in public. <coughs> and we find out a bit more about that in this episode, which we'll get into. Um, so, yeah, so he ends up um, asking sort of the bar staff what's the crack with Cara Dune. 
tells him a little bit. Then she leaves, and he goes after her, then they've got a big fight in an alleyway. Um, it's where you see her, she really can't hold her own. Uh, oh, yeah. She fights the Mandalorian basically to a draw, doesn't she? To a draw, but also I, I notice things that, like, for example, when he goes to use his flame for her, she like steps on his wrist, like like she rules that out. She takes that out of the fight. So yeah. like, to me, that says she's fought Mandalorians before. Yeah, she must know. Yeah, or fought him before. I I, I didn't get the impression they knew each other, but she's obviously familiar with that fighting style. Because she, yeah, she, like, she cancels a lot of what he's doing out. Yeah, she must. Uh, maybe she maybe she has come across some Mandalorians in yeah. the uh, in her days in the uh, Rebel Alliance, but then. I think yeah. the Mandos were on the Rebels' side, but we don't know, to be fair, where the Mandalorians really sat in the Galactic Civil War. Well, we'll have to, I mean, it could be different cause, because they were, cause they were so split up into, like, into houses. Obviously, as we've seen in Clone Wars, like, House Fizzla was very much, like, yeah. anti-Republic, but then sort of some were pro-Republic. So it, very, it's very Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah, you could you could do a whole Game of Thrones series set on Mandalore during that time in the Clone Wars, I think. Yeah. Um, it would be a lot of fun. Um, maybe that's what they can do next. Um <laughs> But, yeah, definitely, yeah. But, so, yeah, so, um, so, so, we'll find out after they've had this fight that, um, to go back to the bar, have, chill out and get into each other. Um, we find out that June is hiding after taking early retirement. Um, yeah. She asked the man to leave as if, like, this is, um, like, um, I was there first, yeah. Like, one enough. person wanted is enough here, like, two, it's going to draw a lot of attention. Um, so the man there starts preparing his ship. He's like, what oh, was right. she wanted for? Did she ever say? So she doesn't, but obviously, I think the fact that sort of ex rebel turned sort of mercenary, maybe she took yeah. a wrong job or maybe didn't deliver on something. Or maybe... yeah, to be fair, she might not be in hiding from the uh, New Republic, she might be in hiding from like a crime syndicate where something went wrong. Well, yeah, exactly. I think it's probably more, it's probably more a crime syndicate or the Empire, I imagine. Um, and I think that the fact that she stations on there for early retirement to me says she's got some money behind her. So maybe she's done like a solo and like took the payment and like not followed through on what she was meant to do, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like there's obviously a story there. We'll probably find out more when she uh, returns. Pops, when she pops back in, yeah. So yeah. So Amando sort of agrees. He says, Yep, yeah, you're right, like two of us here is definitely gonna draw attention. That's not good for me either. Um, so he sort of starts getting the uh, starts getting the ship ready uh, to leave while preparing the ship. Two desperate sort of fishermen type people, farmer yeah, type people, farmers, yeah. approach to hire him to drive off a band of raiders. Um, he sort of isn't that bothered about it until he realizes that well, do they have lodgings? That's what he's after. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere as well. Yeah, and it's away from Cara, so it's like they're not really going to be in the same area, and he can live there with these guys out the way for a bit. Um, so he accepts the job in exchange for lodging and uh, uses their credits then to enlist Kara's help. Yeah. Because um, he obviously thinks it's going to be a two-man job. Um, at the village, they are housed by Omera, so that's a widowed mother. Um, and she has sorts of formed quite a bond with our Mandalorian. Um, this is where sort of she asks him about the helmet, about his past. And he sort of confides in her that no one's seen about his helmet since childhood. Uh, yeah. And that the tribe did take him in as an orphan. We find that out. Yeah, he says it. Um, so, and sort of that, like, despite the fact that it's 
maybe seen as like a hard upbringing, the hard life that like he's very grateful to fuck out a mandolin's found him and raised him and give him a chance in life. Um, and again, they've been there for him, and again, they proved last episode that they are there for him still as an adult. Um, so he sort of delves all this into uh, Omira, um, and the, there's almost like a romantic vibe teased there. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some feelings there because she seems to like him, and he obviously seems to like her. But he's very sort of holding back because obviously he knows that like he's Mandalorian, doesn't want to get attached, and he's. You see what trouble he brought to his own tribe last episode. Yeah, he trying does. to bring trouble. He knows the child's like hot, like hot wanted. So like, it's like obviously, uh, yeah, like he wants to sort of stay. Doesn't he want to connect with too many people at the minute? Um, so, get what did he make of the whole um, about that? Do you think Omira's going to come back into it later? Dead. I'm not sure she might come back into it, but there's definitely a story there because she obviously lived a life because obviously she knows... It gets into later in the episode where she obviously knows how to shoot. She knows how to shoot really well. She yeah, doesn't strike fair. me as the stereotypical, like, farmer. Yeah. No, so, definitely. They could use... Like, it would be good if they used it. Like, if the Mandalorian's in a band, he's like, look... But I, I don't really see him bringing her in because, obviously, she's got a daughter. He probably won't want to bring her in. No, definitely, yeah. Because then, obviously, him being an orphan as well, he wouldn't want... I don't think he'd want that for uh, his daughter, her daughter. No, you're right. I do agree with that. Um, So, so after they take this job, they do realise that the Raiders have an um, Imperial ATSD. Yes, they do. And their advice is we need to leave because that's dangerous and the villagers refuse. Um, So the Mandalorian and Kara uh, train the villagers to defend themselves. Um, this is straight out of the Clone Wars because they do. There's an episode in the Clone Wars where Obi Wan, Anakin, and I think it's Ahsoka help do the same thing for farmers on Felucia. Well, there's that yeah. one on Felucia as well, and then it, so I got vibes from that one, and I also got vibes of um, of um, oh, what planet's it called? Uh, Sorgeras homeworld. Oh, Onderon. Onderon, yeah, that way they they helping um, Saw and what Saw's sister called? Steeler. Stealer. Where yeah, where they're helping so and steal that train the Onderons ready to fight. Um I got vibes of that as well. Um so that was really cool little game throwback to the animation world. Um so so yeah, definitely throwing back the clone wars, I think, with this bit here. Um so yeah, so the t shirt to defend themselves, um and then at night they provoke the raiders leading the ATST into a trap. Um I thought this was very uh right, I put on so I thought this was very Jurassic Park. The way they revealed the AT like the first Jurassic Park movie where you were where they keep the T Rex keeps they make the sound and all that. It was very, I think it was very Jurassic Park. Obviously Oh it's in the uh, trees hiding but you can't yeah, see it but you can hear it, yeah. Obviously uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is in the Jurassic Park like uh, family. It seemed very yeah. it seemed very Jurassic Park to me where they see the footprint when they're scouting. Yeah, no, you're right, yeah. Yeah, and then he comes out That's the trees great. and that, yeah. And the fact that it's got like red eyes and sort of a red light on it. Yeah, it's cool that. Yeah. Made it, it made it. It's the most threatening ATST I've seen. Like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, so it was very threatening. Um, I, I love that. I love what you just said there about Jurassic yeah. Park. Uh, I never, I never picked on, I never picked up on that watching the yeah. episode. But now well, you've first, said that. First it's Jurassic Park is one of my favorite films. So yeah, yeah. it's a great movie. Great yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, it, it seemed very uh, Jurassic Park with the T Rex and obviously it just being. Uh, a massive thing that 
comes out of the woods and all that type of thing. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I, I love that's great insight. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they provoke the ATST into a trap, and the trap is that it's going to step into a hole and take it down. Um, it's funny because obviously it gets to the hole and gets <coughs> in. It re- it looks down. It realizes where it is. It's not going to do it. And that's yeah, when does. Car June ends up luring it into it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it definitely. Uh... It definitely, I like the fact that it didn't just obviously just come out walking to the hall straight away. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but they eventually managed to get it into the hole, and then the Mandalorian blows it up. It does, yeah. And the it's rest very, of the raiders run off. They do, yeah. Um, and sort of peace returns to this village. Um, the Mandalorian plans to leave the child in the village. Yeah, but then you see someone in the woods with a sniper rifle. Aiming at Baby Yoda, I thought, they, like, I, I thought they got him. I thought uh, for a split second, I thought no way. I was like, oh, is this how they're going to free the man up to then go and yeah. do all that adventure? I was like, no, you can't kill the baby. No way. And then obviously you hear no. a blaster go off, but it's actually caught, has, um, caught the bounty hunter before he does it. Yeah. Shoots him in the back. Yeah. Um, that's when the Mandalorian realizes that the village won't be safe. You do know also they make a point of showing you that the bounty hunter in the woods did have a tracking fob. Um, yeah, so obviously, so he, no, he can't leave the child. Yeah, and obviously, Mando steps on the track and fall, but then he decides that I'm going to leave with the child because I don't want to put these people in danger. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah, because uh, obviously, if he leaves them there, then more battalions are going to come. No, definitely, like I said, and he's created a bond, especially with like Omira and Omira's daughter. Um, so I think the last thing he wants to do is to get those guys in trouble when they sort of have. Being very generous to him. Um, you got any other thoughts on the sanctuary? This episode is called Sanctuary, by the way. Um, so obviously, these the fact that like maybe did think this was sanctuary, but in the end, it ends up being a case of if he wants it to remain a sanctuary, he has to leave because he's him and the child are too hot in the galaxy right now. Once again, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the episodes. Uh, I thought it was, it, I thought the uh, action sequence was really good. And uh, I liked I liked uh, learning more about Cara Dune, to be honest. I thought she had a Your Ian, I think your audio's just dropped out. I'm just gonna talk about the episode till you come back in. Um so yeah, I think Cara Dune has been a great addition to um the story. Are you back there, Ian? Uh, yeah, I'm back. Lovely. No worries. Uh, do you remember what you were talking about? <coughs> yeah. I was just saying about uh, Cara Dune. I thought she was a really good uh, new character. I liked her when she talked about her past with the Rebel Alliance. Said she saw most of her action after the Battle of Endor. So she, I wonder if she was like at the Battle of Jakku and all that type of stuff. I mean, I picked up on... I picked up on her saying... Because I've only watched this episode once. Uh, I picked up on the fact that she was sort of saying that after Endor and after I saw the New Republic, it then became a sort of mission about protecting like security detail for senators. Yeah. Um, like basically being a bodyguard. That type of thing, yeah. And obviously, she wanted to be more part of that team that dropped in to take out high profile Imperials. Yeah. Warlo- sort of... She said warlords, didn't she? And... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I think obviously it'd be great to see if, if she does mention. I mean, got, you've got like part of the press of this, like obviously, um, 
is it Gina? Gina Carano? Gina, Gina Carano. Gina Carano, yeah. Um, so I think um, I think she's obviously been in all the media front and centre for this, like since celebration, really. So, like, I would, she's probably coming back for more episodes. Oh, she's, yeah, definitely. I think she's definitely coming back. So even though he's left her on this planet, um, like she hasn't joined the gang. It's one of those things again where like it's like it's like Nick Nolte didn't join the gang. Yeah, but he has formed a friendship there. So like down the line, when he go back and pick these people up and then form the gang, that'd be that would be teased. Um, so I, th- I thought uh, Gina brought great physicality to the role. Um, also yeah, brought definitely. like again, people said like the show's lack sort of lack f- feminine identity. Um, I think in this episode with Omira and with um, Cara, we get a lot of feminine identity, which is great. Um, and again, I thought that um, I thought Gina. I mean, I'm I'm not seen her act much, but I know she's like an ex UFC fighter. Which, yeah, she was. Yeah, it, she was an ex MMA fighter. So she's so obviously does make you think like can they act? But I think like she absolutely I, smashes this out the ballpark. She's brilliant. Yeah, I saw her um, in uh, I saw her in the Deadpool. She's in Deadpool, the first one, and she's a uh, she's like the stereotypical like uh, henchman. Type person who doesn't get much uh, acting, but yeah, she she really uh, showed like a she's really she's a really good actress in this in this episode. Definitely, definitely, and um, so I'm I'm glad she's been chosen for this role. I think the role's great. Again, I think it shows a really good sort of I don't know, like a really sort of huge part of like she's very strong, can be very sort of brute force at times, but yeah. also like also like keeps that she's also like do you know I mean she's still very feminine if that makes sense oh yeah definitely yeah I'd love um, to see her I'd love to see her pop up in something now because now that we know she's like an ex-rebel shock to but I'd like to see her pop up in like uh, Alphabet Squadron in the sequel to that you could see her yeah, pop up definitely. or something totally pop up in that she yeah. pop up in future games and they've got a game yeah. set in the same timeline that, that would like set you in the uh, Rebellion War like they could, they, they could bring her into that so and I think like that's it's great she's involved. I think you can tell when she talks about it that she's very grateful. She obviously picks especially Dave's Dave Floney's mind about like the character and what's going on in the Star Wars galaxy because obviously like she's coming as not a Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah. But she's obviously when you hear her talk, you know she's picked his brain a lot to get the understanding right and put the effort in. Um Oh yeah, definitely. Which I think means a lot. Um and it certainly means a lot to me. That's someone like coming from the outside of the Star Wars world is like showing the respect and try to with like the respect it deserves. Yeah. Well it's the biggest biggest franchise of all time, isn't it? Yeah. No <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I think um she's a great addition. As you were saying, I think obviously he's building these relationships, he's built one with Nick Nolte's Ugnug. Um Kareel. Yeah. Yeah. Kareel. And then um he's obviously made this one with Cara during this episode. So I think down the line these people might help him hopefully. But he does leave the planet without Cara. Um, well, and he won again. It's just him and the child leaving the planet again. Yeah, it's almost like this could be the adventures of uh, Mandalorian and your Baby Yoda. Yeah, well, people have been calling it the Baby Yoda show, aren't they? <laughs> They're only yeah. joking, like, yeah. But uh, I think I think Pedro Pascal's done an amazing job as well. So, like, obviously, he can't show his face, so the way he's acted has been really good. Oh yeah, I mean, like some people say, like, oh, you could have put anybody behind a mask. You don't need to no, have like can't. a good actor. But it's like, well, you could do that, but you need an actor who can act through the mask, which not everybody can do. 
I mean, like as you've just said there, like Pedro's done a brilliant job. I think he's done a great job. Yeah. Um, I don't think it could have been a better job to be honest with you doing on it. So I think like he's he's, he's done he's done a great job. I love him. Uh, uh, yeah, I've seen him in uh, like Game of Thrones and Narcos and all that type of stuff. He's a yeah. he's a re- he's a really good actor. He's tremendous. Yeah, and I think it's good as well because it means that I mean, he's acting great through the mask right now. But I, th- I think there will be a time in the show where he does become a mask. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. Whether it's like the final episode or whether it's like season two, but again, you know you've got this guy who who can do he can do that as well. So there's no that, worries. That was, a bit of a, that was a bit of a concern like I've seen online with people saying, "Well, in the Clone Wars, Mandalorians had their masks off all the time, so it's a massive plot hole and all that type of thing." But it's not. It's just different Mandalorians probably have different. Well, yeah, it's ways. that. It goes it goes back to what we just discussed in the episode where. Yeah. Again, like something really bad has happened to them, so they're obviously they're living differently now. So, like, it's a case of like, you know, what it is we're not going to take your mask off because a we're not on our home world, b we don't trust anybody else around us. Like, c we're hiding our numbers. If we're yeah. hiding our numbers to people, then we're definitely not showing our faces to people. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so, so it's not a pothole. It's a case of like something really bad has happened and yeah. they've adapted and changed in order to survive. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously there's obviously like, and plus people are saying there's obviously different there's probably is different ways Mandalorians go about being a Mandalorian if you get me then there's probably some who think they're better than others because they do this and some think they're better than others because they do that yeah and that type of like, probably I could see it being quite a snobby culture to be honest and like quite well you're not worthy of being a Mandalorian like if they when they're fighting each other I think I think it was back in like if you especially look at like if you look at how Fizzler, like they were like that, like that oh, yeah. house was definitely like that. Um, he's like 100% traditional warrior Mandalorian, yeah, but almost for like no reason. Like they said, he was a terrorist at the end of the day, like Death Watch was a terrorist group against their own people, yeah. No, I was like, let's be honest, like he conspired with Maul to, yeah, undermine, undermine Mandalore. Basically, he definitely gets what's coming to him because he got in the bed with Maul and then. Yeah. Meets his fate with more, and then um, thought he could take more out, which is probably a very bad idea. It's just, a, well, it's just, just ego with that. His yeah. ego's got too far ahead, and like, yeah. you should know that. Oh, I'm not going to go near more. Like, it's yeah. very dangerous. Maul, who but he killed Jedi masters, and <laughs> that's what I mean. Maul's like he's he's a different breed of animal, isn't he? Really, yeah. it's very dangerous. Um, you got any thoughts about um, Sanctuary before we move on? Not, re- uh, not really. I think we've covered most of it. Uh, like I said the only thing like I said like the I, lo- I really liked I thought it was very Jurassic Park how they revealed the Walker and that type of thing. Yeah, I, love I, that, I really I liked love that. that idea. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't noticed it as soon as you said yeah. it. I've just imagined well the episode and you're right, one hundred percent. Just you hear the footsteps and that. It's like it just seemed very first Jurassic Park film building yeah. suspense. Yeah, no, this big monster attacks them and all that. So yeah, I thought it was very uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, great, great. Um, Brilliant. Moving on in. Chapter 5, The Gunslinger, is directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni. Um, so we start off in space. There's a dogfight happening. The Mandalorian's being pursued by a bounty hunter. Um, nice to see a cool little spaceship battle. Obviously, these things yeah. are very expensive to shoot. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we know that this television has a big budget, but it's also a television budget, not a movie budget. Yeah. Um, so it was great to see a space battle, which I thought, and I thought looked good. Yeah, Didn't we did, good. yeah. It didn't look. It didn't look sort of rubbishy for television, or like on a lesser budget. I thought it looked really good. It put, uh, it put the Mandalorian in peril as well because he wasn't doing very well for a while. And so on. Like yeah. if the ship's 
behind you and takes you by surprise. Like yeah. you are in trouble. Yeah. You've got to use your skills to get out. It's like, do you know what I mean? If, it's, if he's behind you and following you, then you, it's hard to get back behind him to take back control. It's like um, the high, it's like the high ground with uh, Obi Wan Anakin, isn't it? Like if you're behind, then obviously you've got to, unless you unless obviously if the Razor Crest had like a rear turret or something, you can fire back. But then there's not really much you can do. You just got to try and evade. Yeah, which he does. He evades, 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 and yeah. comes up with the idea of activating those sort of sort of almost like a quick stop engine, isn't it? Yeah, it's and like what of... uh, Luke does in Return of the Jedi with a speeder bike. That type of maneuver. Yeah, where he pulls back and gets behind the scout troopers. Yeah, so so yeah, he does that. Um, it manages to deal with these. Enemy, this bounty hunter who was tracking the child yet again. He tries to use the uh, Mandalorian's line as well, didn't he? I can bring you in cold or warm. He's like, that's my line. Yeah, that was really good. That, I enjoyed that. that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he takes care of this uh, bounty hunter. He's pursuing him. Um. I love the dogfight. Looks great. And then he ends up outside of a planet that looks f- very familiar. It does. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, is that that planet? And because yeah, it. The way they frame it from the cockpit, you can see the moon like from yeah. the first shot of a new hope and like obviously the planet below. Yeah, that's what I mean. So again, it's like that that poet that poetic feeling of Star Wars where it's like I've seen this before, like, is this that? Yeah. And obviously it comes over the comms, um Mos Eisley control. Yeah. So straight away I was doing a bit of I was like, like a, yes. I was like, yes, we're going back. yeah, when I was watching it, I was like almost a, like a little I was sort of almost to know, sort of to know. I was very excited. Yeah. Um, to go back. To go back here, yeah, yeah, and obviously because I haven't just said, oh, Tatooine went out, but tease you with the, how it looks, and then tease you with like Mos Eisley as I get in. Yeah. So obviously lands at Docking Bay 35, is it? Yeah, 35. Yeah, it was. So, I think it was 35. So he lands at number 35. Um, and he meets some uh, pit droids. Yeah, very Phantom Menace. I wonder if it's yeah. the same pit droids from the Phantom Menace. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same ones that just went through that engine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the, three st- was, the Three Stooges. Yeah. Um, Ollie Mandrell, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that, but, uh, I, Ollie, uh, something like that. So I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's something like that. Yeah, so, but yeah, so get some pitch again, some prequel flavour. Um, I love myself some prequels, so I'm Same. glad that they're starting to um, flavour that in, because, of course, you're going to have pitch droids in Tatooine, like that's where they're used. We've seen them there before, so why wouldn't they still be there? Makes the yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, um, and then we also meet a new character who the droids work for. Um, I'm trying to find, trying to remember her name. I can't remember her name. No. Uh, she's played by Amy Sedaris, uh, yeah. who is actually, if anyone watches Bojack Horseman, that's Princess Caroline. I don't <laughs> watch that. Yeah, but I've heard she's a, a big actress. Like I've, I've never, I've never heard of her personally, but yeah, I really, I, think, I really enjoyed her in this. No, yeah, she's really good. I she's think quite she's quite sassy. <laughs> oh, she's called Motto. Her last name is Motto. All right. And she's got a first name, I'm sure. But, um... That's motto, not motto. Yeah, um, that'd have been good if it was motto, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's uh, probably dead by now, though. <laughs> so, so Amy Sedaris's character is called uh, Pelly Motto. Yeah, the docking bay attendant and ship mechanic. Um, so yeah, so he meets meets Pelly Motto on our pit droids. Um, she's like, "Oh, your ship looks very damaged. You need some stuff done." He's like, "I don't. I've got no money. Leave the ship alone. Get those droids away from your ship again." Yeah. He doesn't trust the droids. As we've seen throughout this, and I think that all dates back to that Clone Wars flashback. Doesn't like droids. <coughs> droids took his family and destroyed his home during the Clone Wars. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, she manages to talk him into the stuff he needs for the ship, um, and he goes, "Right, I'll go and find work. Get started on the ship." But only you touch it. Don't want the droids touching the ship. 
heads to the cantina, the cantina from A yeah. New Hope. So he heads in, heads obviously, I've set it up, yeah. So they heads into the cantina. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> what I thought was really cool was this, this, uh, this, Bar that refused to say droids is now being run. Now got droid attendants working on it because obviously it's changed ownership at some point. It's the same droids. I don't know if it's the same droid, but it's the same droid model from uh, Jabba's Palace and Return of the Jedi as well. Yeah, it's the same model. So I think they are like serving droids. Um, yeah. So yeah, so if they're in there serving, there's three of them behind the bar. Uh, he talks to one, he's asking for information. Uh, and it tells them that they don't like the Bounty Hunter Guild anymore, I think. Is that what he said that the Bounty Hunter Guild doesn't operate on Tatooine anymore, which obviously is probably due to, obviously, Jabba the Hutt not being there anymore. I got the feeling that Mos Eisley is a different place now that the Hutts are gone. I'm not sure if the Hutts are gone. I mean, there's a line there around well, which we'll talk about yeah. where, like, they sort of mention the Hutts a little bit, and I'm thinking maybe, like, enough different... Maybe they're not as, like, loud, but maybe a new Hut come in and is running things a bit more quiet there, but... But we'll, I think I definitely think the Hutt's presence on Tatooine might have wa- definitely waned. Yeah, oh no, definitely. I think there's definitely like a lot more low profile now. Because yeah. you go in the cantina in New Hope and it's swimming with absolute the worst to the worst. And then you went in there in this episode and there was a few people in there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, definitely. Too early and sat at the bar and that. Which remember as well when he's walking through, it's like Stormtrooper heads on sticks. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously I think. That's got to be, you know, obviously in Return of the Jedi where they go around planets and you see, and you obviously see Moss Eisley celebrating the Empire's defeat. I'm guessing they must have uh, had a riot on uh, Moss Eisley and probably killed the Stormtroopers because they said, oh, well, the Empire's defeated. And they probably just, like, put it up as a warning to maybe uh, any more Imperials that try to take refuge in the planet. Take yeah. refuge, and Moss Eisley said, you're not welcome here. Yeah, no, definitely. Um so he goes in, this is where he meets, uh, I've forgotten his name as well now. Oh, I can't remember his name here. I had it all written down, you know. Yeah. I do, I do prepare sometimes for these things. Did you, uh, yeah. did you catch the Easter egg with this character? No, it's not Easter egg, but did you catch the thing in the, I know it's at the end credits, but did you catch who they had in mind for the for, for this character? No, I, I didn't it, see all the credits, no. At the end credits, it's Orlando Bloom. Oh, Orlando Bloom, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, I didn't see it, but I saw it on Twitter. And obviously, they put up the concept art at the end of the episodes. And uh, oh, it's, awesome. it's Orlando Bloom on a speeder bike. It's, it's, it's definitely Orlando Bloom. So, obviously, I don't know whether they had whether they wanted Orlando Bloom to uh, be in it or whether they just thought oh, that's the type of character we want. But, yeah. yeah, it's definitely... I'll send you the uh, image after we finish recording. Like, But, yeah, it's definitely Orlando Bloom. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, obviously so they couldn't get Orlando Bloom. Maybe, maybe Orlando Bloom didn't want. Maybe it's too expensive. Isn't it? Get Orlando Bloom. Well, maybe, maybe if he did want to do Star Wars, he maybe wanted a bit more bigger role. Yeah, I mean, but this guy obviously, um, he's called Toro Calican. That's it. Yeah, that is it. He's a fledgling bounty hunter looking to join the guild by capturing Fennec Shand, and that's where he talks to the bounty hunter, uh, the Mandalorian. He's like, "Can you? I've got this job." Um, the Mandalorian obviously knows who Fennec Shand is. He's like, no, that's too dangerous a job. Yeah. And that's when that's when Toro tells him, look, you can keep all of the money because yeah. my only goal is to get into the guild. Yeah. Because I'm not in the guild yet. So this will be my first bounty. So you can keep the money, then my prize will be getting into the guild. Uh, which the bounty hunter agrees um, to do. So, and then... Uh, so they agree. Tells him the plan. He says he's going get get two speeder bikes and meet me back here. Yeah, and uh, obviously meets him at the uh, 
the, the docking bay that he's at. Obviously, yeah. he sees that he sees the kid. He doesn't think anything of it. Obviously, that'll come back later in the episode. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they set out into the uh, June Sea. They do. Yeah. Again, a lovely little um, sort of nods. Um, the speeder bikes. The speeder bikes are really good. Not I thought they look looked and sounded very like Star Wars speeder bikes we've seen in the past. Yeah. Um, it, it, it makes me wonder where Fennec Shan was going though, because they said that she was heading over the far side of the Dune Sea, which is I'm pretty sure that's where like the Sarlacc pit is and the uh, maybe Jabba's palace on the far side of the uh, Dune Sea. Yeah, well, I think I think we'll get into that. So like, obviously, yeah. the, the hunting Fennec Shan played by Ming Na Wen. Yeah. Um. In sort of Fennec Shan is it? Is a notorious sort of mercenary bounty hunter, isn't she? Yeah, she said she she's worked for every crime syndicate, including the Huts. And obviously, uh, now they said something like, uh, obviously she's on the run now. Now the New Republic put all of her employers into lockdown. So I'm guessing at this point, the New Republic are cracking down on the Huts, the Pikes, all the criminal syndicates. Obviously, once the Empire's gone, that's a massive hole to fill. And obviously, I think the crime syndicates are probably trying to fill that hole. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so they go after her. So maybe she's going to hide in Jabba's palace if she knows it's empty. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Or maybe she's looking for something there. Or maybe she's meeting somebody, uh, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but she's here for a reason. Um, she's obviously hiding out. Um, we come across a bounty. Well, we're going across the Dune Sea, and then we encounter some uh, sand people, some Tuscan Raiders. We do, yeah. Um, it's a great little nod. And then also in like something different as well is that they end up negotiating with the Tuscan Raiders yeah. across the land. I thought, I thought, oh, they're going to end up fighting them here, but they're obviously not. The Tuscan Raiders were uh, were quite uh, open to negotiating, to be honest. Yeah, I think like we want them binoculars, and he's like, you can have the binoculars. Yeah, no, he's gave away his brand new binoculars. Then. So I think I think they got what they wanted. Um, I think they knew it was just two people. They weren't like. Necessarily trespassing, trespassing. They just wanted to pass through the land, um, and they've sort of let them let them do that. Because um, I mean, again, we haven't really seen the sand people be like mega angry. We will have them in New Hope, obviously, where they've attacked Luke, angry because they're obviously on the land. There. They're in the uh, Phantom Menace as well at the pod race. Obviously, yeah, obviously where they pod race is driving through it. the land. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think they're driving through the land, like talking to them, and obviously they're. Go and steal Shmi, which is bad. I don't know why they did that, but maybe she was on the land as well. <laughs> I've, seen, sure. I've seen a crazy theory about that. Maybe it was Palpatine that orchestrated that. Yeah, or Duke, yeah. Was, I mean, yeah, definitely. I could see that being the case. I suppose. Yeah, it's very. Um, could be. Could be. He do. Yeah, I think that's its own. That that could be its yeah. own episode to talk yeah. about the things that Palpatine did to set up what happened to Anakin. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, so they negotiate with these sand people, and uh, they end up trav- passing through the land, um, and that's when they encounter a Jew back that has a downed rider. He's dead. Yeah, dead body. Yeah, hanging off. Yeah. Did, did does he have a tracking fob? Is he showing his tracking fob? I don't think he had a fob. No, I don't think he, he did. I don't think he showed it. Yeah, but but yeah. So again, like sort of seeing how sort of. Uh, Fennec has killed this guy from long distance by the looks of it. Um, it's obviously someone know. who's after her and she's obviously took yeah, him out. She took them out, yeah. So they ride on. Um, 
and then they start getting shot at. Um, so they take cover, wait for nightfall. Um, Phoenix trying to sort of up in the cliffs. Um, she's got a pin like under boom, like under a ridge, hasn't she? Yeah, and she's got she's obviously really good with that sniper rifle. Um, yeah. So Mando was like, "We'll wait till dark," and his plan is wait till dark, and then he can use his flash grenades to obscure her scope, and they can sneak in underneath them. Um, which is what they do. There's a shootout. Uh, she ends up destroying one of the speeder bikes, but they end up getting there and capturing her. They do, yeah. Even though uh, the young bounty hunter, I can't remember his name, he messes it up and f- fires the flashbang at the Mandalorian and that. He yeah, gets the Mandalorian Toro. shot. <laughs> yeah, Toro. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they end up capturing her. Um, obviously, they've got one speeder bike now, so Mando says we'll go and get the Jew back and then ride into town on the Jew back as well as the speeder bike. And the, uh, the Toro thinks, obviously, Noel. You're not setting me up like that. So he sends the Mandalorian off to get the Jew back instead because the Mandalorian tries to send him off first. Yeah, he does, yeah. And he's like, no, like, I know what you'll do. You'll take the Mandalorian on your own. Um, so Mando goes off. Fennec starts talking to Toro, trying to like sort of manipulate twist him. Yeah, yeah, manipulate him and twist him. He says he's having none of it. Um, but he ends up, she ends up, somehow Fennec knows about what's happened on Navarro. Yeah, his words got around that uh, obviously a Mandalorian caused trouble on Navarro. And and that's what he's got a child. Yeah. Mentions that, and obviously that you see a total's face straight away. You think yeah, he twigs it. Yeah, he probably twigs it. Yeah. I saw a child at the hangar beer. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, so it's like sort of words got out. So like she's she's not out the loop. No, she's, she's not. No. She's not hiding and not talking to anybody. She's obviously talked to someone. Yeah, obviously words got out about what happened. Yeah. But if you kill a bunch of bounty hunters, obviously, I think word's going to spread. Yeah. So the end up um, says, if you want, me and you can actually capture him and the child and make even more money. To which this Toro guy shoots her in the belly and says, well, I'll just get do it myself and get all the money for me. Um, yeah, because 100%, so he, if, if, she, if he had let her off the cuff, she would have killed him, 100%. I think <laughs> yeah, she's, she's working with him. <laughs> yeah, 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 so he makes the right choice. He shoots in the belly, and then he yeah. leaves on the speed bike. Um, I'm trying to think, does the Mando come back? He does come back, and then he yeah. sees her laid down. Obviously, he puts two and two together and starts heading back to... Uh, yeah, head back to Moss Eisley. Yeah. So he heads back to Moss Eisley. Um, at this point, I just want to say that no one's checked Fennec Shand pulse or to see that she's actually dead yeah it leaves it very open ended yeah but obviously Mando goes back into Moss Eisley where Toro has captured um, the mechanic and captured the child yep the pit, the pit droids are hiding in, in the <laughs> office <laughs> not coming out because <laughs> they're very wimpy um, not even helping them master no they're staying in there hidden um but he ends up um, again using the same fast grenade trick to sort of blind him, blind Toro, and then he shoots him. No problem, kills him. It's a headshot, isn't it? I think yeah, I'm pretty sure he shoots him in the head. So yeah, it's very unforgiving. Like yeah, yeah there's not going to be no talking here. I'm taking you down. You're dead. He's definitely not a uh, definitely not on the Jedi way. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. So he gives. Uh, he then steals his money, dead man's money. Steals Toro's money. Um, and gives it to um, Amy Sedaris' character, uh, which is Peli Motto, I believe. Has. 
Yes. Yep. So we'll give her the money. So does that cover the repairs? And she's like, oh, yeah, it does cover it. No problem. Um, again, I noticed that she sort of hints at it's like more than enough, but like the man doesn't ask for any money back. Yeah, he's definitely... So again, uh, he's, again definitely... he's making these made friendships with people who are like... Like she... If he turned up now down the line with a favour, she's probably more inclined to help him because of it. Yeah. Oh, he left, he left more than enough money last time. No problem. He's definitely... Like if someone helps him, he's definitely... Wants to go out of his way to say thank you. Yeah, so uh, he then decides to tell him the child to leave because again they've had another close the call. The child that's just too hot, too hot. Yeah, they're too hot. Wherever they go, where's people? There's too hot, and they end up getting caught out. Um, uh, fast grenade. He uh, manages to disorient him. Calican, Toro Calican kills him. Takes his money, gives it to Motto uh, to pay for the repairs, and they leave Halloween. Um, then we go back into the desert where it's now nighttime. I like the, we see Felix. I, I like the uh, Beggar's Canyon reference. Where she's like, oh, dump the body, just take him to Beggar's Canyon. And she's a reference, obviously. Oh, yeah, to the, to the pictoids. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah that's right, because obviously the body's lying yeah. there in the, the hangar. Just go throw it in Beggar's like, Canyon, yeah. Yeah. So, so, that was yeah, again, this episode's full of stuff like that, yeah. um, which we'll dive into in a minute. Um, so, out in the desert, a mysterious figure approaches Shannon's body. It does. And then we, then we have the credits. So it's another cliffhanger. Yeah. I've seen all sorts of theories of who this could be. Like, I... so what was your first? What was your first thought? First thought was watching this. Well, it was something to do with like uh, that Moff Gideon. that we know that's coming in the episodes, or maybe like a Death Trooper and that. But apparently, I've seen like maybe it's Boba Fett. Maybe because apparently, it, apparently, maybe, some people yeah, have said maybe. it looks like Mandalorian armor, and obviously, people are putting two and two together because apparently. The boots sound exactly the same as Boba Fett's in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so the the boot spur sound effect is what is the same one from the Empire Strikes Back when he's walking through Best Pin following um the carbonized Han, I believe. Do I think it's Boba Fett? Probably not. It's probably not him. Do I want it to be Boba Fett? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well it's one of two things, like is it Boba Fett? And then if it is Boba Fett, like we know that Boba Fett doesn't have that armor. Yeah, because Cobb anymore. The, Someone else is wearing. Cobb Vanth gets it in the aftermath trilogy. Whether Boba Fett's obviously gone and killed Cobb Vanth, killed him, took the bar. But I've also seen the theory that it could be Luke Skywalker, but I don't think it's Luke Skywalker. Because obviously, looks out. Because obviously, he's Luke out of the galaxy at this point, looking for Force, like Jedi-related stuff. And if he, I'm pretty sure if Luke Skywalker hears there's a one of Yoda's species. Out there somewhere, yeah, and he's like force sensitive. I'm pretty sure Luke Skywalker would want to, uh, no, definitely, yeah, meet that child. Point. But I, I don't yeah. think it's Luke Skywalker because obviously I don't know why Luke Skywalker could be wearing armor and that type of thing. I mean, if that's Luke Skywalker and they've cast someone and someone's played Luke Skywalker and it's not been leaked yet, that's like, I, I'd, I'd be, I was surprised that would happen. Yeah. I'm surprised that wouldn't leak before him, but they've got Sebastian maybe. standing to do uh, Luke's because he looks exactly like Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone's yeah. saying. Yeah, but um, maybe um, I, I think it's more likely maybe someone on the trail of the bounty yeah. hunter, or could have been someone tracking down her. Could have been, yeah, and then share the bounty as well. Because um, they, so... they definitely ref- they definitely mention like they say, oh, when they say fast the far side of the Dune Sea, that's where the Sarlacc pit is, and that. And obviously, I know what yeah. Dave. Fal- we all know what Dave Filoni's like. He doesn't just oh, just do this sound. Like to me, I'd love, I'd love it to be Boba Fett because I want to know what happened. Like it's been five years, 
since Disney bought like Star Wars and that we still don't know what happened to Boba Fett. Is he dead? Is he alive? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like like this show could have been about Boba Fett, but they've not done that. I think he. I think so, Dave Filoni originally wanted it. Not Dave Filoni. John Favreau, Favreau originally wanted it to be about Boba Fett, and they said no, you can't. Yeah, so that makes that makes me think they've got plans for it. But like again, you got to think with the trilogy ended, with saga ending, sorry, like this year, like in like ten days or whatever, thirteen days. I know. Like there's a lot of time. To, so like, I, I think they will do something with Boba Fett, but I think it, you, it might be like ten years down the line when they're like. I can't wait till they open up. Obviously, they're kind of hamstrung because they've got obviously episode nine coming up. But I can't wait till they open up that time period between Jedi and Force Awakens because it's thirty years there. Well, they're starting to do it now, obviously, with the show. Yeah. And I think obviously, I think, and then I think after, like, come next year, the floodgates will open on that. Yeah. Because um, I really want like a Luke Skywalker series of like it could be books or anything like. I think it would work as a comic. I think that would. Work yeah, as a it comic. would. Well, um, they've got be a beautiful comic. They've got the rise of Kylo Ren coming out, haven't they? And that. <laughs> Yes, and, uh, that's a, is that Charles Saul right yeah, now as well? Yeah, the second ep- the second issue is Luke and Ben going to the unknown regions, and they obviously fight the Knights of Ren, which I can't wait for. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. So obviously, um, that's what that's gonna be. But uh, back to yeah, I I would love it to be Boba Fett, but it's probably uh, it's probably another bounty hunter on the trail. But then, if it's another bounty hunter, I don't get why you don't show his face. Why do you keep it a secret? Um, well, maybe it's someone. Well, uh, here's here's my question. So obviously, he's just he's just approached the body, and then the episode ends. Yeah. So, do you think in the next episode we're going to pick right up from there, or do you think we're just going to see where the Mandalorian is? May- probably see where the Mandalorian is. Maybe so they maybe they seed it till the end. Teased. Maybe they seed it to the end of the series, and you keep getting these little hints of who this is, and then. Maybe it's like very Marvel at the end of the first series. Maybe this doesn't become a thing in the first series. Maybe at the end of the first series, someone reveal like you get revealed. Oh, it's Boba Fett and that. Maybe it's that type of thing. And then yeah, it's like no, series two, cool. Boba Fett's on his trail and that type of thing. Yeah, maybe. And then nothing as well. Though. Boba Fett's on the trail. Obviously, Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. So if he's still praying around as one, I can see them getting angry at that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I- I'd love it to be Boba Fett because I- I've always loved the character. I know a lot of people say, oh, he's very generic and that type of thing, and it's just a cool guy in a suit, but his stuff in the Clone yeah. Wars and Attack of the Clones and that, it's very interesting. Yeah. And I love the uh, Django Fett Age of Republic comic where it got into like why he wanted a uh, clone, an un- un- I can't speak, an unaltered clone, and that's he got into that and like why he, wa- he wanted to carry on the Fett name and that type of thing. Yeah. So it definitely, I'd love it to be Boba Fett. Do I think it is? No, probably not. But it'd be really cool if it was. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think it'd be cool if it is Boba Fett. Um, it could be Boba Fett. I think it could be any other bounty hunter as well. Maybe another famous one who would know. So it might get revealed. But I've just got a feeling like it's most probably going to be, um, uh, Giancarlo Carlo Esposito's character yeah. Moff Gideon, and I think that maybe he's looking. So obviously he's still running his little part of the empire. Yeah, he's a moth. He's got, he's he, a moth. Yeah. He has he has death troopers and he has tie fighters, I believe, is what yeah. I've gathered. I wonder if he's got um, a star destroyer. The so maybe, yeah. maybe, but you gotta think that if he needs backup, if the new republic got bounties out on Fennec Shand, if he can find and go look, I'm not gonna kill you, come work for me, because I need really skilled killers. And like anywhere else you go, even if he hunted with me, you won't be. I think she she would probably take a 
take him up on the offer. Yeah, because I remember her saying she had a rendezvous in Moss. I can't remember she said Moss Esper. Moss Esper. That must be where she was heading, Moss Esper. Maybe, she was, meeting, maybe seen... she was meeting this person. We don't know. Yeah. And he's so... come, gone and found her and said, oh, well, they've killed someone. Maybe she turn up one time. Yeah. So I've come to find, come, come looking to see where you last were. Yeah. Because you didn't tell one time. So yeah, I think, they, I think it was most probably Moff Gideon. And I think he's most probably finding out to say, come work for me, New Republic's after you. I'm still here as part of the Empire, so come work for me. You won't be hunted, yeah. and you can actually help me kill some people who will probably after you. That's the only thing. Like, Revenge. if it is Moff Gideon, I don't get why they just don't show his face because obviously we know he's in. He's been in the trailers. Like, oh, that's that Moff Gideon. Like, to me, there's, yeah. there's definitely a reason why they don't show this person's face. Yeah, well, I think so. So maybe you're right. Um, I think I'm excited. I hope. I hope. I hope they do show the next episode at least. Yeah, even if they just keep teasing it at the end of episodes, like maybe this person on the Mandalorian's trail. Yeah, possibly. So that that would be really cool. Um, but that brings us at the end of the episode. Um, what are your th- overall thoughts on the Gunslinger? I really enjoyed it. I've seen some people online saying they didn't really enjoy it, but I I can't say that I really enjoyed it. I like the callbacks. I didn't think it was overdone. Like the callbacks, I didn't think. I, it was... I love this. I love this episode. Uh, I thought it was a great episode. Again, the callbacks, I thought were all subtle, all fit in yeah, very nicely. There was, nothing, there was nothing that made you go, oh, all right, I get what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it wasn't like he pulled up and he went, oh, that's Tatooine. Yeah. It was very much like, it looks like they've used this. The starters, they've been very autistic and showed you that, like, that's the same angle of the planet we've got in a new hope. Yeah, it's the planet. same shot when you see it in there. So that's, that, yeah. that's beautiful storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, in fact, they come, the show's very much show, show not tell. So they sort of show you that, and then obviously it comes over the com where it's like, oh, Moss Eisley control. So again, that's show not tell. It's, sorry, that's, <coughs> so it's, it's it's showing you that like, oh, it's Moss Eisley. It's not like the Mandalorian's again. gone. Oh, it's Tatooine. Like, I wonder if anything's happened yeah. here before and all that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's all <coughs> very subtle and all very fits, and obviously lands there. And then obviously, I love the way the Dock and Bay thirty five is the same font as Dock Bay ninety four. Yeah. From a New Hope, um, obviously you've got some pit droids in there. Time we're about in the prequels. Um, obviously, as you before mentioned, um, obviously you need to get rid of a body. You put a body in a ravine or a, or in a uh, like off a cliff. Yeah, in Beggar's obviously, Canyon. Yeah, we've got one in Tatooine, Beggar's yeah. Canyon. So you would just use the same one. Why wouldn't you call it that? Yeah. It makes sense. Obviously, it's it, not forced. Yeah, um, you had the June Moss C. Espa. Yeah, June C. And if she's going to like, if she's going to go to another town for Moss Eisley. It probably will be Moss Espa because that's, that's one another one of the towns. Moss Espa's Phantom I mean. Menace, isn't it? It's not Moss Eisley. That's, yeah. that's Anakin's hometown. Yeah, Moss Espa, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, so again, I, I thought everything sort of was really... I loved all the nods and it got us really excited, yeah. but I thought they were all really subtle. And it fit, made yeah. sense to the story, fit, yeah, it all yeah. fits. Uh, and I love Toro's character. I love how, like, he was obviously very... Be so desperate to get in that guild that he yeah. just made mistake after mistake after mistake. Oh, yeah, he's definitely um, inexperienced. Now he's now he's dead. Yeah, but he but he wanted it so bad he fully believed in it. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I like his attire. Like what he wore it was very much very Star Warsy bounty hunter. He was also that. he's also sat in the same booth as Han Solo, the exact same way Han Solo was sat. Yeah, against yeah. like Star Wars poetry. Um, yeah. for, for those who know, like I actually got that phrase, and it's not adding up that that's from a. Uh, a podcast called Sky Talkers, um, hosted by Charlotte and Caitlin, and they have really good insights. And like, and they're on the money when they say that, so that's why it is. I yeah, use I totally agree with I, that, yeah. I use it in coffee day conversation about Star Wars because it, it is, but like, but again, I didn't, 
I didn't come up that myself. I realised it when those guys were talking about it. Yeah. So I just, I just want to give them some credit there. Uh, to be fair, a lot of the show comes from listening to those guys. Have, have you listened to Sky Talkers? I haven't. No, I'll have to. I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah, definitely. The very um, <coughs> you can get very meta about stuff, yeah. but in like in a great way. They yeah. put a delve into things and like in a very sort of methodical way of thinking about it. Um, they also talk about it very in a fun way. Don't get us wrong, but um, some of the ideas and like the sort of Kyle's mask being all cracking stuff. Yeah, uh, re- repaired with the wed welds, like they. The other guys who first came up with the idea, like Kitsugi, the Japanese. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I've seen that. I saw that. I saw Star Wars Explained talk about that. Yeah, I know you're on yeah, so, I know you talk so, about it. Yeah. So they 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 got it from Charlotte and Kaylin, I think Star Wars Explained, because I think they're all sort of friends in the same sort of yeah. friendship group within the Star Wars uh, fandom. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, anybody who's listening, go check out Sky Talkers. Yeah. Obviously, even if you want to check them out, I think um, they've just put up their last episode about like the uh, what the hope and fall from. By the Skywalker. I'm not going to talk about any model after the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably a good way to get on. But the review, like uh, the review, Mandalorian, the review Resistance. So they've got quite a lot of content there. It's all, it's all pretty good. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so just game sort of come to the end of this episode. The Gunslinger. Um, I just want to say I love the episode. Um, I think it it did a lot to sort of show you what's happening on Tatooine since the fall of the Empire, which is really cool. Um, also showed you the Mando sort of making choices he did, probably didn't want to take that job but he had to get the ship fixed again to help Baby Yoda um, so making choices he probably wouldn't normally make um, again showed you the Mando helping someone who's helped him he helped the woman he gave her the money um, and he flew off again um, and obviously we get the cliffhanger ending which I thought was really awesome again I was so excited I was a bit like oh damn you've ended out with Soden who's that yeah. I was like in a pop but in, a, but in an excite, in an excitement way not in an angry way um, so I was like I thought this episode ticked a lot of boxes for me um, yeah I loved it I'm very excited for where we're going the next episode is directed by uh, Rick Fumiwa who obviously directed the second episode yeah he's, he's back at episode 6 with no title yet um it's, uh, nice I've read the description today. It's the Mandalorian joins a crew of mercenaries on a job. That's what's happening next. Oh, all right. Yeah. Sounds fun. Lock of gold. I think this one will get uh, Bill Burr and uh, the Twi'lek that you see in the trailer, and I'm guessing that's this episode. Yeah. Well, I read that. Is it right that um, I'm going to get his name wrong, but have you watched Sons of Anarchy? I have not, no. All right. Um, is it Mark Boone Jr.? Oh, let's go a quick check. Is it good? great actor in that? He plays Bobby Elvis. Mark Boone Jr. Yeah, he played um, Detective Fash in uh, in Batman Begins, I think. Right. Um, but he's a great actor, so if he's he's in this series somewhere, so he's, he's coming up. So I'm excited to see him. Um, so yeah, um, have you got any other thoughts or questions about the episode so far, the series so far? In no, just I'm just really enjoying it. I think it's some of my favourite Star Wars of all time. They've really nailed it. It makes me really excited to see what other series are going to come to Disney Plus because if this is how... I love... Uh, I love exactly... I love like the whole layout of the show. I think it's really good. And I love the fact that it's not like Netflix. It's not... like They haven't just dropped the whole show. Yeah, like that's one thing Because that's one thing I love about Netflix is that because I, I tend to watch telly where I sit and I do binge. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like three or four episodes in a, in a night or like in a sitting. Yeah. But with this, so when this is announced as being like weekly, I was a bit like, oh no, like, oh, it's not good. But 
I've actually really enjoyed watching it week to week. Gives you a week to, it. yeah, it gives you a week to yeah. talk about things. It builds excitement and that. And then obviously, once Definitely. the series is out, you can you can binge through yeah. it. And... Yeah, so I'm I'm really glad. Sort of, I have really. I didn't think I would. I think I didn't think I would enjoy the way they've released it, uh, like week by week. But I have. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, so that's been like a learning curve for me. Learn I, I can enjoy television that way as well. Yeah, um, it's been really good. So yeah, it's been awesome. Um, brilliant. You know, I think I bring to the end of the episode. Um, obviously, I'm trying to think. Is the next episode next Friday? Is it next Friday? Yeah. Awesome. So we'll probably have to come back and review that episode at some point. Um, although obviously, as we go into Christmas time and Rise of Scout time, it's probably going to be a lot harder to, yeah, even harder to record. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> things that aren't to do with that. Um, but yeah, I would love to have you back on to talk about um, the next episodes that we watch. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back on, mate. One percent. Brilliant. Where can the uh, listeners find you on social media? I'm just on the Twitter, uh, Ian Paul K. That's just that's my only uh, thing I've got on social media. Brilliant. And uh, so I'm uh, on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Pete Hitman Hart, named after Bret Hart, my favorite wrestler. Um, the podcast now has its own Instagram channel uh, at Star Wars Podcast. We also have an email address, starwarspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to get in touch, ask us questions through there, tell us what you love about Star Wars through there. Um, we're on Twitter at Bores Star, so Star Bores Reversed at Bores Star on Twitter. Interact with us there as well. Um, I said it, it's one of those things where, like, I started the podcast just because, like, I just have a passion for Star Wars and love talking about it. So I thought, why not? Like, I'm quite a creative person, so I don't have like a creative outlet where I can talk about it while creating something as well. So that's that's the reason why I do the podcast and I love it. But um, I think with what's coming, I think. And the number rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian going to next year, Clone Wars coming, all these books were being teased, all the new comics coming out. I think it's never been a better time to like be talking about Star Wars. Yeah, I really enjoy it's... talking about Star Wars. There's not many people in my work who who uh, like get Star Wars, so it's nice to come on here and talk to Star Wars, talk yeah. about Star Wars with someone who's just as passionate about it as me. No, definitely, yeah. And obviously, like you've had some great insights, so like I love having you on because you have like different insights to me. Like that Jurassic Park one. It's so obvious now I think about it, but again, I hadn't think about it. But it takes like talking to other people, interacting with other people, getting other people's point of views. Like, is what helps, like, you see the wider picture. So, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, I think, like, for the listeners listening in, we're gonna have some giveaways coming in the new year, some Black Series figures we're gonna give away, we're gonna give away some pin badges as well. So, stay tuned for that. That's all coming in January. Um, thanks for joining us, Ian. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on, and it'll be great to have you back down the line. No problem, mate. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys, and may the force be with you.